Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the toast, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. That was literally like Little Mermaid. And yeah, you're going into Little Mermaid. It's a remix. It's a Friday She remix. does it all. She does show tunes. She does pop. She does jazz. What can she it's do? It's a mashup. Is there anything cooler than a mashup? Literally, no. That's the best episode of Glee. DJ Earworm. DJ Earworm, literally. End of year mashup. If you don't know the DJ Earworm end of year mashups, I can't help you. I just can't. Jackie. Except I could send you to YouTube. If she doesn't know the end of your mashups by DJ Earworm, she's too young for you, bro. <laughs> Literally. Do you so think glad you brought Margo that up. Do you Margo knows the mashups by yes. DJ Earworm? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's a relief. Definitely. That's so funny. Like, Gen Z thinks they're cool and stuff, but they didn't have DJ Earworm. No. Gen Z didn't have a lot of things. Oh, my God. We sound like such desperate, pathetic fucking losers. Like, no, no. I don't think so because, like, we're not trying to say, like, we're better than Gen Z in any way. Like, you know, I'm Gen Z's big sister. I'm just saying, like, they missed out on DJ Earworm. Yeah, I just, I personally, like, I think talking about, like, generations and, like, trends and, like, who's better is the lowest form of conversation. I think it's, like, for actual, like, morons. Okay. Um, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> moving forward. But I just feel like I, I wasn't falling into that. No, no. I just didn't want to start having that conversation. I, like, nipped it in the bud. Okay, cool. Yeah, you torched it. You didn't nip it in the yeah, mud. I burned you it. Set it I, aflame. I burned it to the ground. You did, you did. But as you were singing before, it is Friday, which is a most joyous occasion. Congratulations, everyone. We've made it to the weekend. It's a cause worth celebrating. That and the fact that Jackson Clotter back on the ones and the twos, OG recipe. OG recipe, audio only, but still exciting nonetheless. You've had an exciting family week at the Toast. I saw Ben was hosting yesterday. No, we really. fanfare. We had an amazing week. Yeah, we did. You know, you always think you get like the, the big stars, the big names. It's always exciting. It is. But honestly, nothing slaps better than an actual family week at the Toast. I think moving forward, like whenever you need a day off, I'm going to tap into family. Because, you know, I also, we have your maternity leave coming up. So I need to save. That's why I didn't want to like reach out to all like the heavy hitters. Um, yeah. Because I'm going to need to ask them in a few months or whenever. So I, I think I'll stick to fam. Yeah, I think it's working. And people love the satchel and they love Ben. And they love the cratchel. And they love the matchel. And most importantly... Latchel. <laughs> oh my god, Latchel is so underrated. Completely agree. <laughs> Completely agree. 
how are you doing on this Friday morning? Oh, just blessed. I mean, it's Friday. What, truly, what more could you ask for? It's did a gorgeous. Did you make weekend plans? I like. I did. Oh, I keep forgetting to update everyone on like this journey I'm on. Um, I did make weekend plans that were kind of predicated around me picking up my car. I was talking about this a few weeks ago about how I was really thinking about getting a car. You know, I live this really kind of untethered life. I have no financial assets. I'm like this 30-year-old woman with like nothing to my name. Sorry, 28. And I made the decision and I've been going through the motions. I forgot to keep everyone updated on the process, but I did. I'm getting a car and I thought it would be ready for pickup like today or yesterday. But then I had to like, I realized there's so much to do, like insurance, all that stuff. So it'll probably be like Monday or Tuesday. So me and Ben, were like going to plan a weekend away. We're like, we have our car. We're going to pick it up on Thursday and let's do something for the weekend. But the car's not ready. Therefore, I can't go anywhere. Got it. Okay, well, keep us posted so you're not doing anything this weekend. You'll be seeing me. I'll be seeing you in all. That song is so sad. It reminds me of The Notebook. What song is that? Uh, um, What song is that? Hold on. I, I actually don't know the name. I only know that one line. I'll be seeing you, The Notebook. In all. It's feel like it's Etta James. No, Billie Holiday. Same thing. Oh, wow. Not you singing Billie Holiday on the toast. You don't know that song from The Notebook? Billy Holiday, I love him. Literally. I'll be seeing you in all the old familiar places. I'm sure if I heard the song, I would know it, but I'm not knowing the one line. Okay, don't be rude. <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm not. Don't I'm be being, fucking rude. I mean, like, just truthful. Okay. I'm so glad we're being truthful. Do you have any truths that you want to share today? I do, actually. Hmm. Well, I wanted to tell everyone about, I had the most fun evening last night. Um, did because obviously like I went to a fabulous place but I felt so fabulous like I kind of took a risk with my outfit which is normally something that would ruin my night like I'd get there and be like why the fuck did I take a risk like I should just wear black like I it's something that would ruin my night but I was so feeling my look I like a few days ago I like decided I was gonna wear this like kind of crazy outfit this like skirt suit what do you call that like blazer and skirt it's like a matching Set. set yeah it's not like a pantsuit but it gives like pantsuit energy ish um from veronica beard that i had like been targeted for on facebook like a thousand times i'm like i, don't, I think i could wear that and, and, I, and i just loved the way that i looked so i had such a good time like feeling myself i had gotten my hair done like i was feeling good even though my bruise like was on my forehead even like it was so upsetting i had this big night out and i had this bruise it's getting better from what i see it is getting better but it's not gone but when you see it, does it like remind you of Harry and the Good Times no. that were shared? No, actually. It if it did, I, w- I could live with it. But I, my the association is not there. The association is you are such a dumb bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of when I look in the mirror now, which is so great for my self-esteem. Well, it's on its way out. So yeah. You'll be back up in no time. And I will be like, yourself. I will be kind of missing it because what else am I going to talk about once my bruise is gone? It's true. It's been so great for content. Yes, for content. Maybe you'll have to do it again. Nah. <laughs> um, so last night I went to Haley Bieber through a little dinner party for the one year anniversary of her skincare brand Road, which I'm actually a really big fan of. Like I couldn't get any when it came out and Margot got all of it and she was like so annoying about it. Like, did you try like the glazing cream? I'm like, no, bitch, shut up. I didn't get it. Um, and slowly I've accumulated pretty much the whole collection. And last night I got the whole collection in a gift bag. I do have some doubles. I'll bring them over to you because oh, thanks. I have a lot. Um, but, you know, like I was so nervous about the gift bag. I was like I put it on the floor next to my seat and the whole night I was looking. I'm like, is someone going to take my gift bag? I was like really concerned about it because that shit is hard to get. 
for sure. But that would have been crazy if a guest took a gift bag that they also got. Like they needed double. Well, some people like are like insane like that and take Causer. doubles. And some people like would be like, oh, that's mine. No, bitch, it's mine. No. Um. So by the way, it was so fun, and I just have so many thoughts. Like I had a great time once again because I was like feeling my look. Second, because I got to like sit with Simon and Phil. Like it was just like it was a gorgeous evening, and I was so like honored to have been invited. At first, I thought it was um like an influencer event. I think a lot of celebrities do influencer events, dinners, parties, cocktail, whatever, to promote their brand. And that's what I assumed it was. And when I walked in and knew nobody, I was like, oh, my God, Pittsville, USA. And then thank God Simon and Phil were there. And it was so fun. It was really just like Haley's actual, like, friends and family celebrating this, you know, major accomplishment, having a skincare line, being really successful one year in. And it was amazing. And I had met Haley before, and we've, like, you know, DM'd a bunch, but we had never really hung out. And I am here today, like, on a mission. You know, a few years ago, I met Gwyneth Paltrow. And my my immediate reaction was rage, actually. Because <laughs> the amount of, like, things people say about her and just the public perception of her, you would have assumed she would act a certain way. And when I tell you she couldn't have been more amazing and genuine and lovely I was inspired I was motivated I was on a mission to like change the narrative about Gwyneth Paltrow and I actually feel through my work but also like other things that the narrative has changed around Gwyneth do you agree that like that was like the conscious uncoupling days and people were just like she's out of touch I'm like no she's a queen yes and also I can say for firsthand you changed my perception really oh for sure okay look at me yeah Yes. Making so changes even, in my own community. Even if you only helped one person, it would be enough. Diana. <laughs> um, and I'm feeling a similar way because I was so, like, taken aback by Haley. Obviously, in person, she's – you never saw, like, a more beautiful human being in your life. It's actually disgusting. Like, that – like, it's it's actually not fair. Like, she's so radiant. And she's obviously, like, beautiful, but I honestly think – so much of her beauty like she glows from inside she could not have been a more kind sweet lovely person and it wasn't a facade you know when like a celebrity is like you know making the rounds she is like in her she's a doll wow I'm obsessed I feel very passionate that she's another one very misunderstood you know and you know Mm -hmm. how like we live in this age where everything she does becomes a trend it's like she has you know white nail polish and it's a trend. And you know what? She re- it's not it's not like a thing she's she's just the way she carries herself so naturally. Like that's who she is. Like she's that bitch and I'm obsessed with her. I love that for her, for you and now for me because I'm very influenced by your thoughts on people. Also, she's so beautiful, so stylish, but I- Last night, I saw a picture of her like a paparazzi picture before, like when you were on your way to the event and so was she and she looked unreal like the best outfit I've ever seen in my life yeah and honestly I was like a little concerned like maybe I was gonna be overdressed in like my you know first lady type of blazer Mm -hmm. but when she walked in like tens 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 across the board I was like no I'm perfectly dressed yeah you know it's really never a crime to be overdressed it's like oh I respect you and this your event so much I wanted to give it my all exactly yeah sorry I care too much yeah, I would rather be overdressed than underdressed, but I don't know what the rule of thumb is. It really I I used to feel I would rather be underdressed because I think underdressed means like oh, I don't care that much. Yeah. But it's also like a little rude. 
Yeah, but would you rather look a little rude or like a, a loser? But now I'm thinking like being overdressed doesn't make you a loser. Like trying too hard. I don't think that's a loser equality. Caring. It's caring. Not trying too hard. It's like caring. I don't think it's a, a bad thing to be overdressed. And also you could always like just look and act as if you're coming from somewhere nicer. You're like, sorry, I'm so fabulous. I'm booked back to back. I was at a nice event and then I came to hang out with you slobs. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and she was just like a very good host. She was like passing around trays of margaritas, shots of 818. You know, we love a loyal friend. And it was just a really fun night. You know, you go to a lot of things like that and like they're really never fun. It's just like work. Um, it was not work. I like didn't my phone. I was being such a bad like influencer. I didn't even know where my phone was. But I just because I was having so much fun. That's so great. And I was it was really just like an honor to be nominated. I'm so happy for you that you had a great night. You looked beautiful. Thank you so much, Jax. I loved the outfit. You know how I like it. How I, by the way, I was actually thinking so many people this, were saying this outfit is so Jackie-o. I wasn't sure if they were referring to you or the first lady because it, it tracks for both. For both. I agree. But now that I've worn it and like I got a bunch of pictures in it, it is 100% yours. Oh my God, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. And you know what? I actually have two sizes. So whichever one fits is yours. Okay, I'll, I'll reach out in a year. I'll have my people reach out to your people. I'll put it in storage until you're ready. Stop. Don't be mean. Don't oh, be mean. Sorry, was that mean? <laughs> no, it's just like. No, you just think I have space for not one, but two pantsuits? Oh, I forgot you're the sweeper that you can't just like hold on to things. No, if it doesn't serve me in the next week, it's out of my house. And, I'll, and if I need it in two weeks, I'll have to figure it out then. I'm going to say something so real. Like you're the sweeper and you won't keep things in your house that are like not useful. But like I saw your shoe wall yesterday and it's filled with shoes that you would never wear and that you never wear. Facts. And that you won't be wearing. Facts. Facts across the board. And what are you doing with them? All right. I'm not a perfect person. I never said like (laughs) sweeping made me perfect. I just like I like to sweep. I like to like get rid of things, declutter. You like to pop and lock and jam and sweep? I like to pop and lock and jam and sweep. Yeah. But I feel like you could do your shoes next. There's, by the way, there's a lot of things I could and probably should do in this life. And that doesn't mean I'm going to do them. One thing about me, I have no problem with my shoe wall. Yes, part of it is that like I'll have the shoes on my wall. I will quite literally never wear or maybe I've worn once. But I like the way that it looks. Like it's it's a design thing. Because you like it. Because, hmm, I like it. Now, I know you're being, like, bad to the bone today with your hood up while we're <laughs> FaceTiming, but can you please put it down because your microphone keeps rubbing up against it? Oh, my God. You you don't like my hood? No, I love your hood, but I'm hearing, like, all the friction from your microphone. My God. You're, like, kind of being toxic today. And I need to maintain my mental health. Okay, whatever you say, toxic. Am I being toxic? I think if, if you have to ask. <laughs> I'm only asking because you said it. No, I just think, like, if you have to ask if you're being toxic, like, you probably are. I don't think I am. I don't think what I asked for was so crazy. Just, like, to hear no, but your like, voice First, it's the microphone. Then it's, what's next? My kidney? I would give you a kidney, though, like, in a second. I don't know if you'd want mine. I don't think it's, like, probably, like, in the best shape, but. No, I would take yours. Yeah, like, if, if nobody else was around. I, like, I don't <laughs> think I'm, like, I would be in a position to be choosy. Yeah, yeah. I always think about that. Like, I was reading a book where, like, somebody needed a liver or, or something. No, not a liver. Probably a kidney. Um, and I was thinking, like, would I do that? Like, for a member of my family, 100%. Mm-hmm. But, like, even then, like, I would really hope somebody else would step forward. 
Yeah. I don't know what the procedure and the recovery is like, but I would do it for my family, like, no questions asked, except yeah. for what's the procedure and the recovery like. That would be my only question. No questions asked, except, like, you are going to be nice to me for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. What's in it for me? Right. Can I borrow your shoes in exchange? Yeah. Could I have that Veronica Beard outfit? You can. For the price of one kidney. Good to know. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a good show today. What, what would you say in terms of the stories? The stories are good. They're they, – oh, they're – it's weird. It used to be like a Monday stories would be really strong and Friday there'd be nothing. But I feel like Friday there was tons and Monday there was nothing. So there's been a reversal I, of the fates. A reversal of the fates. I feel really good. I'm excited to chit chat with my swirly. Yeah. About me what's too. going on um, there. I chose the stories obviously like the last two days or whenever it was, Tuesday and Thursday. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. No, it's getting harder and harder, Claudia. I've been trying to tell you. Like, I feel like in the past when I've tried to pull stories like the first three come like decently easy and mm-hmm. then you like scrape you the bottom creative. of the barrel daily mail like fourth and fifth cnbc you know cnn money um however i couldn't even find like a first story yeah that's where it's been recently yeah it's the summertime you know let's just hope this is a trend summertime in the living's easy summertime. that's like a caption that people use like for instagram when it's summer and I know that if you use that caption, you're automatically unoriginal. Duh. No, now that I said that, I'm going to make it my caption. But, like, I'm going to be doing it, like, in an ir- ironic, like, pick me kind of way. Okay. I'll pick you every time, Turdy Lou. Check. <laughs> Stop. I love you. And I'm so toxic, right? Beyond. That was the most toxic thing you'd ever said. <laughs> I think that was so supportive. It's like, yeah, Claudia is a pick me girl, but I'll pick her every time. Okay, for sure, but, like, I'm really not. No, not in your heart of hearts. Like, pick-me girls are like, oh, my God, I can really only hang out with guys, and, like, I love beer. No, like, you joke, like, you joke about wanting to be chosen. Yeah, but but, but I think pick-me. In your heart of hearts, you're not. You're like, please skip over me. Please don't notice. Also, at its core, pick-me girls, like, that phrase comes from, like, girlies, especially in, like, college and high school, who just wanted to be picked by guys. Like, that's not what I want. I just want the attention of everyone. Like, not men. Yeah, that's true. That's where I think there's a key difference. So what's the word for, like, a pick-me, but who is, you know, gender-inclusive? Thirsty. Thirsty. Okay, I'll take it. Okay, I think without further ado, we can get right into the Fast Five stories that you need to know. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. If you've ever thought to yourself, what if we could reverse the root causes of aging, then listen closely. Our new sponsor, OneSkin, puts science and research first. Founded by a team of four female PhD-level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience, OneSkin set out to not just decrease the visible signs of aging, but to treat the root causes of skin aging. I'm talking essential face moisturizer, eye topical supplement, and a topical body supplement to keep your body moisturized so your skin doesn't look younger but it functions younger like a healthier skin should. So how? OneSkin's products are formulated with their OS01 peptide as the primary active ingredient to support the skin's ability to resist the effects of intrinsic and extrinsic aging factors. Their flagship product, OS01 Face, is clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier and improve key skin health markers, meaning signs of aging are significantly diminished. So... 
One Skin is a fabulous brand. Personally, I love the body supplement. I feel like we're always talking about ways to have our face look snatched and young forever. But the neck and the chest is where you really can see signs of aging. And I love that they have a body supplement. Treating the symptoms rather than the root causes of aging has long been the norm. Most skincare available on the market is designed to provide a temporary reduction in visible signs of aging, addressing just the surface symptoms. But leveraging their in-house cutting-edge R&D platform, they were able to measure the efficacy of age-reversing molecules in their lab. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. They address skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging, so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. Get 15% off with code TOAST at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code TOAST. We only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. Today's episode is also brought to you by Roback. I think it's safe to say everyone is talking about these guys. Whether it's their performance hoodies, their polos, or their Q-zips, we always make sure to recommend Roback for the man in your life. If you want your man looking good, then get him in Roback. By the way, Father's Day coming up. I'm sure a lot of you have forgotten. You haven't gotten the man in your life, whether it's your father, your husband, baby daddy, something for Father's Day. Grandpa. Gran. Don't forget gran. They have amazing options at Roback. Um, now we're excited to recommend their uh, ladies options. So Roback just released active skorts and dresses, and we are obsessed. They're perfect for a day on the courts, a walk with your dog, a nice jog on a summer day. The active dresses feature their trademarked GTG technology so that you don't have to take your dress all the way off when you gotta go to the bathroom. The liner also doesn't ride up. It has great stretch and hidden pockets for all your essentials. I have to say, I love their skorts. I love a skort. It's such an underrated piece of clothing for summertime. Uh for chafing, for literally everything. I love their skorts. The Roback women's joggers and hoodie sets are literally the softest pieces of clothing that we own. If you want to be comfortable, then these joggers and hoodies are for you. We haven't taken them off since we received them. They're that good. So with summer quickly approaching, make sure to check out Roback. And while you're at it, we strongly recommend treating yourself as well. So use code TOAST on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order of performance skorts, joggers, and hoodies. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off with code TOAST. Thank you, Claudia. You're welcome. Our first story is actually some big podcasting. Yes. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's Spotify deal is over. Spotify's exclusive deal with Prince Harry and Meghan has come to an end, with the couple having delivered just one show under the agreement. Spotify and Archwell Audio, the couple's podcast production, Shingle, said Thursday in a joint statement that they are ending their pact. Quote, Spotify and Archwell Audio have mutually agreed to part ways and are proud of the series that they made together. And by series, I believe it was 12 episodes of Megan's show, Archetypes, and then that one holiday episode of Archwell. Remember that? When no. they first announced when they first announced the deal, then they came out with like this holiday episode. I think it was Megan and Harry. Mm-hmm. It was one episode of something talking about stuff. And then they didn't put out anything for like almost two years. And then she started doing her podcast. Got it. Um which was like a one season thing and there's no more. So I think um they didn't meet the threshold for output yeah. for their deal. And so, I mean, $20 million for 12 episodes is insane. Well, I have to imagine that that they didn't get the full 20. I don't think you get the full 20 upon signing. There's, like, deliverables and benchmarks you have to reach. Right. Um, So I don't think they they got the whole thing. But I also imagine they got probably half. Like, you get a a big chunk on signing, and then once you do the whatever – 
So I'm sure they got like a good amount of money and I'm sure it probably didn't return on investment for Spotify because I don't think the show was like incredibly popular. I don't, also just don't think it was what people thought it was going to be. No, and also like even if the show was incredibly popular, like how can 12 episodes of anything equal $20 million back in Spotify's pocket? Yeah. It's not enough content. No, it's not. Even like a show, like even a really, really big, huge show with like five or six ads and they're getting like a ton of downloads. I think really the most you can generate through like one episode of a podcast is like a million dollars. So if you're only doing 12. Yeah. But it wasn't even about the ads. Like I think with Spotify, they make their money back because you bring in membership subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few ways. That's true. So it, it the show had hit like number one when it launched, but it wasn't like gangbusters. It was just a pop a very popular podcast on Spotify, which again like it's limited it's because people measure. can't listen to it in other places. No, and it's hard to measure the success of a Spotify podcast against like the success of all podcasts because like you're um, you're going to be high always, up. At, yeah, you're going to be high up on Spotify where other people, a third of their audience listens on Spotify. Right. You know what I mean? So you can only really compare it to like fellow Spotify exclusive shows. Yeah. Which are always in like the top 10 on Spotify, which makes sense. I feel like this is like twofold. I think there's really two interesting conversations to be had here. The first is like, this is really the first project or thing that Meghan and Harry put out that like wasn't about their experience in the royal family. And it kind of flopped. And I think that's probably like a a thing they're thinking about is they obviously don't want to keep talking about it. But like when they do the book, gangbusters, you know. So how do they move forward but also continue to like create content and be relevant and, and create a living without keeping talking about it? Well, they had said like a few weeks ago that they're no longer going to be talking about royal family stuff mostly because there's nothing left to say like they right. did the docuseries they did Oprah she even would talk about it like here and there on the podcast like in terms of just labels that the media put on her mm-hmm. his book yeah. so they've they've said they're no longer talking about it which makes sense because there's nothing left, left. To say. but then I think the other part of this conversation which I find like actually more interesting is there was like a few years where Spotify like clearly decided they wanted to be the number one app for podcasting it was always Apple And they spent like an insane amount of money taking a lot of shows exclusive, creating a lot of original shows on their own with like famous people. And I think a bunch of them have paid off. I probably think like the most obvious one is Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. But I think there's like a few flops and like kind of bad investments. And I feel like this would be one of them. It was a good idea. Like I don't think anybody could have really predicted that like they wouldn't come back for a second season, that it would be two years delayed and that it would be like just like a random show, just like interviewing other people, just like everybody else. Like, I don't know if anybody would have predicted that, but I think this is like one of the the investments that Spotify made in people that's like now kind of backfiring. Not backfiring, but just like didn't pay off. Yeah, I agree. Plus Spotify did lay off 200 employees earlier this month from their podcast operations. I don't know if that was a story or we just It wasn't, but I did see 2% of their workforce. Yeah, so it's not just like they have all this money that they can give to celebrities and people of note and that they don't have to like earn it back. Yeah. There are consequences for like overspending. But I do think a lot of their efforts to become the top audio listening platform have borne fruit. Like that a few years ago, we used to look at just our podcast. Like we push, we have our podcast everywhere. And the majority of listens would be on Apple. I think at one point, like in the beginning, 4%. 4% was Spotify, then 9%. And now it's a third. Yep. 
And that's like through all the work they're doing. Yeah, no, I think, and I would probably say they are the number one place for podcasting. No, they're not. No, like in the culture. Like, no. When I go to listen to a podcast, like, I now like 50 50 go to Apple or Spotify. I go, okay, I go to Spotify if there's video. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it's a Spotify exclusive show, so I have to go, like. Right. No, like. But when it's not a Spotify exclusive show, like I just went to go listen to Skinny Confidential, mm-hmm. I went to Apple. Yeah, no, their fruits, the labors of their fruits have definitely paid off, but and not. definitely borne fruits. But not every single thing they did was like a hit. And now I think it's just interesting to see what ended up being a miss. Yes, I agree. And I feel like more stuff, like other contracts and stuff are going to come up soon and and will they renew or not right like how long was the joe rogan one for it was a few I years ago 10 years oh okay i mean yeah he literally got like 100 million dollars i think maybe more so and it started but it started in 2020 so but i think 10 years just based on like how i perceive things I would say that that's a, you know, a fruit that's bearing fruit or whatever you want to call it. Oh, based on like, yeah, a fruit that's bearing fruit. Also just the charts. like The charts. His his episodes are like one, two, three, and four every single day. Yeah. Old episodes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Armchair Expert is exclusive to Spotify now. Yes. They chug along nicely. Yeah, they do. But then there was also like Spotify was creating their own shows, like Spotify Originals, like Addison. Remember Addison had a show? Mm-hmm. Um, they had like a bunch of like good celebrity duos and almost all of them are gone like that was yeah. something that didn't work for them I think more so acquiring existing popular shows is going to be the way for them to go obviously call her daddy too yeah. but that's the same template of like acquiring existing popular shows because really with celebrities like you think oh this person's a huge celebrity they're going to start a podcast it's going to be so big but uh, most of the time it's not yeah it's not I think for a really long time, people thought it was like a perfect formula. Like no. a celebrity and a microphone. Like, we're going to be rich. But it's not. You know who's someone who's actually very interestingly, I've been seeing her podcast everywhere, and I think it's really doing very well. And I'm sure she got paid a lot because I think it's a Wondery created whatever. Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. I've been seeing it everywhere, too, because it's like been put everywhere. But I yeah. also am seeing it like in the charts legit. Yeah. Um, and because she's like a star and she's like a, a smart, like thoughtful, well-lived person. And well-liked like for her personality because she's a comedian. That's why it does go better for comedians mm-hmm. than, you know, like the smartless guys. Those right. Are, like it, it can work. It's not... It's not like nobody wants to listen to celebrity podcasts. Like, they do really well. But also, it's like they do really well at first. Like, let's give it a few years. Yeah. Well, that's what's happening with these contracts, like, with Spotify. So it is a very interesting time to see. I, I, would, I mean, I'm sure we'll never know. But I would love to see just, like, a list of, like, what made money for Spotify and what didn't, you know? Yeah. Well, not even, like, made money because I do think, like, there's a lot of different Ways to measure success. Ways to measure success. And some of it is just like, you know, impressions and what are we talking about and all of that. But just like numbers. Who's listening to what? Well, that's the really interesting thing about podcasting when you compare it to like YouTube format, which I think was like the previous long form content. Um, You know, you could see everyone's numbers and like people were competing and like wanting to get more views and more subscribers. All that's public. With a podcast, you have literally no idea, unless it's your podcast, how another podcast is doing. So it's really easy to make your podcast look like it's crushing it, but nobody knows. Yeah. 
And it is easy to make it look like your podcast is crushing it, except for the charts. But the charts are now a little muddied with Spotify because you can't compare the Spotify exclusive shows. Like, you can't compare them with the shows that go everywhere. Right. So you could look at Apple charts, but that doesn't include all the shows. Right. Yeah. And Apple podcasts don't even really... Like, the formula for Apple Podcasts is so weird. Like, you don't have a million and be number one, and then the person under you has 900,000 of that episode. It's not strictly numeric. It has a lot to do with, like, reviews and subscribes. Like, it's so – the algorithm is so random. So it's still not even a, an easy way to measure it. Yeah, it's still not. Well, in this Variety article, a source close to the situation with Harry and Meghan said they, they wanted to move away from their exclusive Spotify distribution to find a new home for their audio projects. Hmm. Which I don't believe. Um, but so we'll know based on whether or not they keep podcasting. Right, right. Like if they go to, you know, Sirius or whatever. Or if, if they podcast like every other Joe Schmo and they put it everywhere. Right, right. Because they want more distribution. Like I, like you don't leave Spotify exclusive. No, that's like the, that's where everyone wants to be. It's like the Mecca. That's where everyone wants to be. And you do get the protection of like, we don't know how successful you actually are. Right. Because we're a Spotify exclusive. Right. No, very interesting, like, four-year saga in the archetypes universe. Yeah, so I think I saw, now they're just down to their Netflix contract. Right, right. But I think also Harry still has two books in him yes. for his contract. Yes. But he needs to wait. That's the thing. It's like, you Unless can't... he wants to write a work of fiction. Mm, a smut book? I think he should write royal smut. Yeah, kind of like red, white, and royal blue vibes. Yeah, which you still haven't read, but you need to read. I know, because the show is coming out on Prime. You should read it first, just in case yeah. the show's bad. Yeah, no, and like I want to be a part of like what everyone's talking about, and everyone's talking about red, white, and royal blue. You know what book I started last night? What? Minka Kelly's book. Ooh, anything good yet? Yeah, it's so well written, and it's still in her childhood, which I know you hate, and I actually think the whole book is like her... That's what I've heard. Her life story, but it's such an interesting life story, and she's just had the craziest experiences that you How, just have What's to her life? Like, what's... Where was she born? Like... She's born... She, like, lives in Hollywood with her mom, who, um... They're, like, in and out of friends' apartments, boyfriends, you know, people's garages. Mm-hmm. Or I think her mom, like, was between jobs, like, working as a... Um, um like a peep show dancer and um chauffeur like whatever but then at one point like her mom goes to take a job like acting on uh in the philippines and so she's like bouncing around between like people like not even oh her God. mom's friends just like other people's houses and how old is she she's like seven and then she's nine Ooh. and it's it, and she, but she's like such a like a smart sweet precocious little girl who's just like trying to get through and it's just it's really well written and it's crazy like the amount of success that she's had yeah do does she is she like still close with her mom like was her mom alive she's I don't know yet I I don't know she's only like 10 I just got to part two right right I'm so curious like if after like everything you know how hard her mom worked if she was ever able to see like Minka become a star yeah, because they were really close when she was little, but obviously she wasn't like the conventional right. parent. Um, so it's really good. I would so far very much recommend it. Oh, good. It's on my list. Yeah, and I feel like it became, like I've heard from so many different 
people and sources that it's such a good book, not just like one person recommending mm-hmm. it, but I've just been seeing everywhere that it was like really just like a sleeper memoir and it's yeah. so good and you should read it. And so I was finally influenced. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll think about it. I got to get my book club book started. What are you guys reading? The Rose Code. Oh, yes. I'm excited for you. It's like kind of, you know, it's not my usual thing. So it's taking me like a lot of mental gymnastics to even open it up, you know? I think you'll like certain elements of it. And overall, the story is like amazing. Okay. But Prince Philip's in it. Oh, no way. It's about like the girly before Elizabeth. Oh, I didn't know that. But it's that's not the whole, that's just like a piece of the story. Got it's it. It's not the, it's not a love story about like, you know, he just yeah. happens to be, he's like a. Is it the ballerina? character. Remember no, Philip had no. like a ballerina girl. That was the girly the after. That was the girly right. after Elizabeth. An affair, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. So there's some Elizabeth adjacent things. You love to see it. You do. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. So Priscilla Presley says that Elvis would be proud of the trust settlement with Riley Keough. We had reported that there was Drama. strife among the women Presley um, <laughs> after. Lisa Marie's passing, but Priscilla believes that her late ex-husband Elvis would be proud that she reached a legal settlement with her granddaughter Riley Keough, a.k.a. Daisy Jones. In a declaration filed Wednesday and obtained by People, the 78-year-old said she's pleased that she and Riley can finally put their legal tussle behind them. The pair reportedly reached a million-dollar settlement this month over Lisa Marie Presley's estate, who died on January 12th. She said, my daughter's passing was both devastating and heartbreaking. We have learned that the Fans realize that we are just a family. Elvis would be proud, and his and Lisa's wishes are are what are most important to us. So I believe that the settlement that they agreed to was that she would give Riley would um, give Priscilla a million dollars in order to become the sole trustee of Lisa Marie's estate, and then another payment of four hundred thousand dollars to cover her legal fees. So Lisa Marie left her estate, which is technically right, like Elvis's. To her daughter, Riley. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't cool with Priscilla? Yeah. I think, like, Priscilla had wanted to be a trustee as well. And I think maybe at one point she was, and then it was switched, and, like, maybe she didn't know. So she was, like, fighting Riley. It's, like, legally. a weird situation. Like, It is. And I'm glad that it's, like, over, over with and that – both parties can be happy with the resolution. I just, like, don't really know how you come back from that. No, like, I was going to say, like, in a family way. How, like, do you think yeah. these two are cool? I don't know. And Money the fact makes... that it was so public, yep. like, it's just a little awkward. No, money makes everything, like, cringe. Yeah. Like, how do you actually, like, move forward with your grandmother when you had to just pay your grandmother $1.5 million? Like, it's... Yeah, and, like, grand was, like, coming for you. No, and, like, the roles are reversed. Like, it's, like, it's weird for both of them because, you know, it's a grandmother supposed to basically in- give money and an inheritance to a granddaughter, not the other way around. So it's, like, it's weird for Riley that, like, her grand is suing her, but it's, like, weird for her grand that, like, her grandkid has all of her money. Like, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad this is, can be put to, behind them. I'm sure Riley's thinking to herself about her and her grand, like, how did we get here? How do we get how out? That's well, probably she what she's. That's probably what she's thinking. One point four million dollars. Not too shabby, even though I think in like the grand scheme of the um, estate, it's not a lot. No, it doesn't seem like it. It feels like pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Mm, to be young. I don't know. 
Well, speaking of iconic singers, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Paul McCartney announces the final Beatles record with AI restoring John Lennon's vocals. The Beatles are coming back thanks to a little help from AI. In an interview with BBC Radio 4's Best of Today, Paul McCartney revealed that he employed the technology to create what he calls the final Beatles record. We just finished it up and it'll be released this year. The song will include vocals from the late John Lennon, who was killed in December 1980. AI was able to extricate Lennon's voice from an old demo. It was a demo that John had worked on. We were able to take John's voice and get it pure through this AI. Then we could mix the record as you normally would do. So it gives you some sort of leeway. No, that's definitely cool. You know, I feel like remember a few years ago when like the trend was like dead celebrities doing like hologram tours? Yeah. This is like the new wave of that. The hologram thing was like actually a little creepy and weird. Um, I guess this is like a little creepy. It's different. Um, It's cool. You know, it's cool for the fans. I don't know. It's a little, I mean, in this one instance, I think it's like, it's fine. It's one song. It's the final song. He had a demo of it out there. Like, it's not that far-fetched. But I think it's the precedent that it sets that, like, anyone posthumously can just be, like, cranking out tunes. And who's going to be in charge of what these tunes are and if they are congruous with the person's legacy? Yeah, I mean, then it... Speaking of Priscilla, like it, it's all back to the estate, like the person who owns the estate or like owns the, the masters to that person's life. Like then it becomes like legal. I'm sure John Lennon's estate or trustee, whoever it is, like who owns his whatever, needed to approve this. Yes. You can't just be rogue releasing people's shit posthumously yeah, but, without but approval. But also it's like, but it, it, I think the Beatles are the entity here, you know? Yes, but I think, you know, each Beatle will then gain financially from this well i guess but they sold all their stuff yes who owns michael jackson right michael jackson's estate owns the beatles masters so he michael jackson's getting money in the grave too posthumously yeah i think it's just a can of worms in this instance like sure let's hear what the beatles have to give us in 2023 but you know, but AI is a can of worms, no? Yeah, and like, do you think that this song is going to pop off in the way that it would have had it been released at the peak? Like, have has has music trends like moved past the Beatles? Will people like people will listen for like the novelty for sure? But like, will it be a bop? I don't think so. I I think it's going to be sad. Yeah. Until you know, like Diplo makes a remix or whatever. Yeah, if they want to, yeah, exactly. But then it's not like the Beatles. No, then it's like new age crap. Yeah. I'll I'm open, but I don't know. They No, this is like a cool thing about AI. You know, everyone's talking about AI and like to be honest, I don't know enough to like have a full-flown full-fledged conversation, but there are a few things that like AI can do that I actually like I'm here for. Like this is cool. What else are you here for? Well, there's a lot of um AI software programs that are making like video editing and podcast editing like so much more seamless and easy and like that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And it, it like and makes it a lot cheaper. I mean, then it's – but then the conversation is, like, for, you know, content creators, it's making it a lot cheaper, a lot more accessible to, like, get quality content out there. But then it's putting, you know, people who edit video and audio for a living, it's putting those people out of business. Yeah. Or not putting yeah, them out of business, but, like, taking away jobs. Yeah, that taking away jobs, but robots have been doing that. That's what robots right, that's do. Right, like, that's the culture. This is just that's the next – iterate- That's just – this is the next iteration of it. That's – what 
robots do. They'll keep you unemployed the whole day through. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, but it's not. 100%. Well, are you ready for our next story? No. 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 No? Our next story is brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon shorts were made to stretch, flex, and support the infinite ways of working out, giving you the courage to leap into something totally new and unexpected. Lululemon, as we all know, is the one-stop shop for everything you need this summer, also year-round, but anything when you want to work out, athleisure, Lululemon's a place. So it's officially like leg-bearing season, and all the shorts we're loving are from Lululemon. I love the Hottie Hot short. It's their short with a comfortable range of motion and a really flattering fit. They allow you to max your stride so you can move freely with confidence. Their lightweight swift fabric lets in airflow so you can move without all the baggage and they're designed to wick away sweat before you even notice that it's there. You can carry your essentials with two perfectly placed discreet pockets. Things with pockets are everything and discreetly placed pockets are my favorite kind of pockets. I also really like the Wonder Train short. It's the short with supportive stretch that keeps you dry. It's powered by the Everlux fabric. The Wonder Train collection manages heat and sweat so you stay comfortable and focused. It's sweat wicking, quick quick drying. The fabric absorbs moisture and wicks sweat during even the most intense training. And they have great shorts for men. Father's Day coming up. The Pacebreaker short is their versatile short that is up to any challenge. Each pair of Pacebreaker short is designed to wick away moisture so that all that's left is your intention. It has secure storage, which means you can keep things close without feeling them bounce around. So get into Lululemon shorts. At lululemon.com, that's L-U-L-U lemon.com. Lululemon shorts are the one-stop shop this summer for your undercarriage needs. Thank you, Claudia. And I actually have something to say before we get into the next story, which is that I want to introduce you to a product that over half a million parents, including moi, use to help their baby sleep. The Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sacks and Swaddles. It started with Tara, a mom who couldn't get her baby to sleep. We all know about that life. She was exhausted, frustrated, and searching for answers. Ain't that the truth? Her solution was to create a gently weighted sleep sack that your baby can wear safely to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. Major key. The award-winning doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack is the only sleep sack that features CoverCom technology, evenly distributed weight from baby's shoulders to toes that naturally reduces stress, allowing your little one to relax and sleep soundly. Just like how we big people use a weighted blanket to help us sleep and reduce anxiety and just make us feel calm and at peace, these bebes are using the Dreamland Weighted Sleep Sacks and Swaddles. So I love the Dreamland Sleep Sacks and Swaddles. Harry cannot sleep sleep at night without a sleep sack I didn't get these ones until recently though we've had them for a few months because Harry was going through a sleep regression and I was like we need a fix and I did a lot of research and I heard such great things about these dreamland sleep sacks and swaddles from mamas that I know like so it was very trusted recommendation and now I'm so glad that they're a sponsor on the toast so I can share them with all of you but I also think that they are so great during the newborn phase I've also heard from some of my friends when babies like don't have control of their arms and they're kind of flailing the sleep sack that dreamland has like you tuck their arms in underneath the zipper so it makes them just like so cozy and comfortable and the best news is that they're offering an exclusive discount to the toast listener just head to dreamlandbabyco.com slash pages slash toast and use code toast at checkout to get 20% off and put your sleepless nights to rest. And to that I say to me, you're welcome. Dead. 
Our next story, just some young, handsome people doing young, handsome things. Jacob Elordi and Olivia Jade spend time together on the beach in Italy. Obsessed. Jacob Elordi and Olivia Jade are on vacation in Italy, and the pair were photographed spending time together under the sun. They were seen soaking up the sun in Paragi. Definitely not how you pronounce it, Italy. <laughs> near Portofino. How would you pronounce that if it's Spell Italian? It. P-A-R-A-G-G-I. Paragi. Yeah, for sure. After relaxing on the beach and going for a dip, they were spotted riding through town on a motorcycle. It's just too much. No, it's literally a movie. Yeah. No, if I'm obsessed. They were a movie. I think these two are so well matched, so well suited. I couldn't be more supportive of this relationship. They're both so good looking. It's quite literally not fair. And I'm so happy for, you know, young, beautiful people to be doing young, beautiful things. Yeah. And I'm glad that there, it seems like this is a more next serious step in their relationship. I feel like they're always just like walking the dog yep. in their pajamas. And I'm glad that they got out of the house and like traveled Out together. of the country. It brings you closer together as a couple. Yeah, this is definitely a really big step. I love that we got these paparazzi pics. I'm so happy for them. I I just can't say enough good things about these two. Like I think it's a perfect, I honestly, if they went on Are You The One, it would be a perfect match. Yeah. It would be the truth booth confirmed. The truth booth confirmed. These two are a perfect match. Yeah. So I just hope they keep doing what they're doing. But like, there's not much um, else we can say about this, you know? Yeah. And like, she's 23 and he's 25. So perfect. like, I'm not even waiting for like an engagement or something. No. Just keep on keeping on. I love this. I love this. Mm-hmm. Do you so think he's met like Lori and Massimo? Yes. Obsessed. Yeah, I do. Let's leave it at that. I don't want to jinx it. Like, I don't yeah. want to get too excited, you know, because yeah. then tomorrow I'll be reporting they broke up. And, like, his show got canceled. Yeah, like, they didn't travel well together. You know about that life. Like, he wore his backpack in the airport. And, and she like, she sick. and like she got <laughs> sick because she couldn't go to the bathroom in the hotel. Right. And they just thought it, like. It, just, it wasn't worth doing it anymore. Yeah. So our fifth and final story is actually going to lead into a little TV recap. Wait, just really quick. I do feel like celebrities are, like, immune to a lot of icks that normal people might suffer because like Jacob Elordi is not wearing a backpack through the airport they're flying private someone's carrying his bag for him yes. there really are that's an, like a privilege of celebrity that not a lot of people talk about is the lack of icks they don't wait in lines I, okay yes I agree that they wouldn't suffer from like traditional icks but then I'm sure as a celebrity there are like celebrity specific mm. icks yeah like publicist like things. oh you didn't get the invite to right. the Vanity Fair Oscars party ick yeah no I like that oh you had your publicist place that spotting of us ick, ick. you're so right you know what I mean mm -hmm. it's a new it's a different stratosphere of icks yeah everyone has their own things that they struggle with 100% our fifth and final story is going to lead into a TV recap because we're finally getting to the meat and potatoes of the Kardashians on Hulu and the riff between Courtney and Kim. So Courtney slammed Kim for copying her wedding with the D&G show. Kim's Dolce & Gabbana deal didn't sit right with her sister Courtney in Thursday's new episode of the Kardashians. Courtney accuses Kim of copying her Italian wedding which was hosted by D&G. In the episode titled Chow Kim, Courtney tells Kendall she was hurt after Kim chose to partner with Dolce mere months after her May 2022 wedding to Travis Barker. So Courtney got married in May and the fashion show was in September. Okay. She said, so Kim is in Milan, you know, doing this whole Kim, Dolce & Gabbana, Chow Kim, living La Dolce Vita, whatever, she said to 
uh, Kendall, she added that when she decided to work with the designers on her wedding, it wasn't even about business. It's not like I did their campaign and she did their campaign right after. It's my actual wedding. This wasn't a business deal for me. I did it because it felt really personal. Courtney said, Kim always has such an abundance of opportunities for partnerships, but that pursuing the Dolce deal seemed to take precedence over hurting her sister. It's just legit copying my wedding, pointing out that she pulled references from Dolce & Gabbana's 90s archives when it came plant time to plan her wedding outfits and then Kim did the same for her collection it's a really interesting fight because it's not a hundred percent clear who's right and who's wrong I do feel like Courtney is not doing a good job of explaining why she's mad and it just seems like confusing and she's coming off like maybe a little um like bitter with like not posting the t-shirts or whatever but I do think she makes like a, a fair point but I don't know how it I don't know how it is applied here it's like she the point she was making about like this abundance and just like this life of excess excess or however the fuck you pronounce it I feel like I actually understand that it's like at what point like is it enough um but I don't really know what that has to do with her wedding oh I that's not the point that I took away from it um like there was a part of what Courtney was saying that did resonate with me more than I thought it would because I don't remember our reaction when we found out that they actually there was an issue over the Dolce thing but it kind of made sense but I think for Courtney it's like within the family like she brought Dolce to them at least that's how we see it as consumers we don't know like the back end of how it all went down but like for the last even 10 years in fashion like Kim's been wearing like these futuristic things like just doing a total different vibe with her style Mm -hmm. and Courtney brought the whole family into like this Dolce fold had this whole Dolce weekend and like it was amazing for the family and for Dolce the way I felt watching the weekend I was like oh my god why don't these girls dress like this more often like it was like classic like feminine silhouettes whereas like Kim's always wearing like a space suit Mm -hmm. and alien glasses yeah and Courtney like did kind of in I don't want to say like invent but like did bring that to the family and like that was the vibe of her wedding and so I think she was she was more offended that like the vibes of her wedding were then copied and like commercialized which I don't I think maybe her and Kim could have communicated better but I think at the end of the day like Kylie said Kim still should have done the show yeah it's too big of an opportunity to pass up so I think like maybe she could have handled Courtney's feelings better but I do kind of understand what Courtney I don't even know if she was saying this, but it's like I did this one thing and it's kind of like the first and biggest thing that Courtney's done where it's like it's actually had like global impact. And it was like so original. It was so original. I felt like for me, like it was the most interested and invested I'd been in the girls in like so long. It was just so gorgeous. Yeah. And then like not even six months later, like Kim makes it her own. No, you know what? You're actually really changing my mind. Whereas for years she's been in the fashion industry. She's had access to all these designers. And like she never once was a Dolce girl. No. But she didn't seek out this opportunity. She did want to push it. Dolce wanted to work with her. So like it is. What are you going to do? What are you really? What are you going to do if they had maybe a better more. Um, if they Open had a better line. relationship. Yes. Where it's like I know that like you love me and you respect me. But like get your bag and do what you have to do yeah they don't have that sort of like if it was Chloe and Kim like this wouldn't be a thing and it's like rising tides rise all shides and it would be great for everyone but like a part of me did understand like Courtney had one thing yeah like you know and and now it's Kim's no you know what you've totally changed my mind on it like you're 100% right 
And I think it, the issue, because Kylie's right, like Kim, there was no way Kim was going to pass up this opportunity. And she shouldn't should have she. to. Nor should she. And it doesn't make her greedy for, for taking it. Like this is, a nobody gets to curate a fashion show made yeah. of archival looks for like an iconic fashion house. Like that's unheard of. But I do think the situation wouldn't have even been a thing if the root cause, like if their relationship was even remotely better. Like there were a lot of rumors like a little while ago that like Kim and Courtney weren't talking and it was like this conspiracy that like they were not even, you know, friends anymore. And I think a little bit of that, of that was dramatized, but it's definitely like rooted in truth. And I think they have this like really um, – not fucked up, but they just don't see eye to eye on anything. They are so different. Like, I think Kim sees Courtney as like this downer and, you know, not hard worker. And Courtney sees Kim as this like greedy almost. And mm-hmm. just like, when is it going to be enough? And like, you don't prioritize the same things that I do. Like, we don't prioritize family. Like, I think they really judge each other for the life choices that they both made. And so if that wasn't like at the root of their relationship, this might have been a- been able to be like handled in a much better way. Yes. Like they don't communicate. Like they don't care. Yeah. And also like after Courtney's wedding, like all of those, like Dolce like was selling out on every, like I remember I was like on Farfetch, like now I want some Dolce dresses. Like Mm -hmm. it was just like, it just became very popular very quickly. So I understand why the brand would want to like continue to capitalize on the girls. No, and by the way, remember we like literally a few weeks or months ago actually, we're like, was like Corey... Corey Gamble did, like, a dinner with Dolce. Like, the whole family is now, like, Dolce, living la Dolce Vita. Yeah. But I, I want to know how Kim's collection did. Yeah. Was it, like, was it worth it? Like, what was the goal of it? But I was just. She I, said then she I wanted to on, sell out globally, like, when it launched. The, all these, like, refreshed looks. Yeah. Well, I was on Farfetch, and you can get all of, like, I literally saw everything that was in the episode. Oh, it's, like, not sold out. D- Dolce Kim. Yeah, I don't know how you measure success from something like that. Is it like impressions? Because it, if it's that, like Kim, brought, we were all talking about the show when she did it. If it's like buzziness and press, then that is a success. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Because I, I don't even remember how I felt about it when she did it, other than the fact that she looked unreal. But I don't think I realized like what they were doing together. You know Me neither. I mean? That like no. it was archival looks that she had curated. I just thought like she was the face, like the face of Dolce. I don't Same. know. Same. Same. But it is a really crazy fight, and it feels very real. Yeah, no. And I think it's, like, still, like, lingers between them. And I genuinely see both sides, whereas before this, I think I would have said, like, I think Courtney's being um, crazy. just a little bit sensitive. Yeah, and I, I I saw her side more than I expected to. No, you're Though right. I do still think at the end of the day, like, who would ever say no to this? If she can't get no, the timeline. No, and by the way... Courtney like said Courtney- that. Courtney said, like, I would never tell anyone not to do something, but, like, to not account for my experience and my feelings as a sister, like, that is hurtful. But Kim felt like she did. Like, I feel like for Kim, so she didn't choose from the Madonna collection or the lace collection because right. those were really close to Courtney's wedding. But then Courtney was like, she did the 90s look. So I guess, like, Courtney's looks were within the 90s. But, like, it's like, where do you draw the line on what's copying? Like, do you get the whole decade or do you get the collection? No, that's fair. And I think if it wasn't four months later, she could have done whatever she wanted. Yeah. But Courtney's probably, like, riding this high of, like, her wedding being, like, this global affair. Her doing something so different than literally any wedding ever. Like, it was really so good for everyone. She's probably, like, still riding the high. And 
now it's just like her sister. And it's like, it's always about Kim. And I don't think Courtney and it's like, would. Yeah, like D&G came away from the wedding and was like, we want Kim. Because honestly, in a perfect world, Courtney's the bride. It's Courtney's mm-hmm. D&G weekend. Like, then she goes on to do a collection with them. Yeah. But that's like not how the family works. It's kind no, of like and a that's hierarchy. Not what, and that's not what Dolce & Gabbana wanted. Yeah, no, that it's you know what you've really totally changed my mind. Like I'm actually so, feeling like 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 a little sympathy for Courtney. I'm feeling sympathy for Courtney because it's like I had this whole weekend. This was my vibe, and Kim upstaged her because Dolce wanted her. No, and then it just like goes back to being the Kim show, like it always is. Yeah, and this one thing that was like made that was so cool for Courtney, honestly, and so personal because it's still that's what she was saying. This isn't business. It was my wedding, right. And then it's like, but they want Kim still. So I understand being hurt by that, but it's hard to, like, be a big girl and say that. That, like... Yeah. Especially because, and Courtney said this, like, in an episode recently, like, when they were growing up, there was always this competitive vibe. And Courtney's like, I've moved on from it, but Kim hasn't. But it's clear that, like, Courtney hasn't moved on from it. So like, just to acknowledge that there is, like, a weirdness and a competitiveness I don't think she wants to do. So it's hard to explain herself when she won't just bring in that element. Yeah. Interesting. It's 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 interesting. I also think the whole stylist thing with Kim, a lot of people are kind of um, flummoxed by. Yeah, I was flummoxed. Yeah, how like Kim, you know, for years has been this like style queen and she's like queen of fashion and fashion this, fashion that, Kim, Kim, Kim. And to see how rattled she was to like do these meetings where she's just like styling pieces without her assistant was shocking. And not assistant, excuse me, stylist. Yeah, it was. and But then it was like this arc of, you know, triumph. I did it. Now I don't even gets... need the stylist. <laughs> yeah, which dress for the final did you like better? You know what? I know nothing about fashion, so I'm going to go with the look that's like more commercial and like boring. And it was the one that Kim liked. But I'm sure like the stylist who has this like Rolodex and like well of knowledge on style. I'm sure the other one was technically more stylish, but I just liked the other one. No, the way I felt about it was, like, Kim's dress that she was wearing was classic Dolce, like, beautiful. And that's what Dolce is, like, feminine silhouettes, beautiful, period. This dress that the stylist chose was, like, very much Kim, Kim. x Dolce. Yeah. Like, with her PVC plastic, which is, like, so Kim, Yeezy vibe, but in a Dolce silhouette. Like, it really was a, a more of a merger of the two of them. Yeah. But is that what the whole collection was supposed to be? I didn't really know what the, what the like, um for lack of a better word, like what the point of the collection was. Like I just, on the show, I don't think it was made clear. Like, is this Kim's influence on Dolce? Is it Dolce's influence on Kim? Like, what was it supposed to be? I think it was DJ Earworm mashup. Yeah. Well, then in that case, the second dress was better. But I do agree with you. There is something that's lost in like, what is this? Who is this for? And it's, I think, reflected in the fact that like, it's not sold out. Yeah. You know, And I think the idea that they almost did like a Skims-Dolce collab would have been gangbusters, especially when you think about Fendi skims. Like yep. that shit sold out in hours. And in it was stores, so expensive. online, it And it crushed. was so expensive. So it's like what this didn't. No, and that was so good for Kim. And Courtney had no issue with that. Oh, yeah. But aside from Courtney, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it was it was really beautiful to look at. Obviously, she looks unreal. and I loved the like blonde. She was, and I, and I, I'm grateful to Courtney for ushering in this era of just like these gorgeous feminine looks and silhouettes because yes. Kim was like made for that. Yeah, and it's so the opposite of like the Balenciaga spandex 
looks that are just not my favorite. Speed racer, alien spaceship. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Great POV, Jax. Thank you. I was surprised by how I felt. Yeah, because I think in the past, with like the the conversations where like Courtney's kind of the outsider, like having an issue, I haven't agreed with her. So I'm just used Ever. to not. I'm just used to not. I'm just used. Yeah, I agree. I'm just used to not, which was why I was like, oh, and yeah. Uh, but it That's was all. like I think a lot of people were like shocked. Like Courtney starts breaking down, and Kendall's literally just sitting on the other chair, not moving. Like your sister's crying. Why don't you like rub her shoulder or something? Like. Yeah. But I feel like Kendall's not like that. She's, like, not very emotive. And neither is Courtney, actually. I don't know. I feel like Courtney's low-key always crying. The thing is, it's like, I'm not very emotive, but I'm low-key always crying. <laughs> no, such a good <laughs> point. That's an amazing point. Right? But, like, if you're crying, do you want someone to rub your shoulder? You feel like, to me, in court, similar to Courtney in, like, the sensibility way. Of, like, you mean being, like, very tactile? Yeah. Like, so if, she, if you're I crying. Know, but she, like, used to, like, roughhouse with chloe like wrestling and stuff like that would never be me no she's changed yeah it was a good episode it was my girl kylie was there so cute so cute riding horses giving us nothing we live for it giving us nothing like her way of contributing is just doing the like plot the b plots yeah the b plots which i can't believe in all the years of them doing the show like they Kendall and Kylie can't find a better narrative from themselves than like Kendall wanting to hang out with Kylie yeah. and Kylie being too, like too cool for her. Yeah, it's it's giving nothing that was but lit- everything at the same time. What the plot was like when they went on that trip with Tyga. Yeah, like years ago. Yeah, like their relationship. Right? It's yeah, totally. always that. It's always Kendall being like, I want to spend more time with Kylie. Yeah. It's like give it up, sister. She doesn't want to hang. Like <laughs> she's not interested. Like and it's hurtful. They should fight about it. Yeah, I that feel like would, they do. I feel like they do. Even remember last season when like Kendall went to Vegas, Vegas and the whole time she's complaining that Kylie's not there. And it's like she gave you her plane. She just had a baby. All of your friends are there. Have fun. No, totally. It's really I, I didn't even like put it together. It's the same thing they've been fighting about since they were like 17. Yeah, it must be like nice for Kylie that everyone's obsessed with her. Yeah. With, and like she just does nothing and like shows up to ride a horse. <laughs> Queen. Obsessed obsessed so that's tv recap anything else you want to chit chat about before we head into the weekend no that's all from me that's all she wrote all she wrote pencils down pencils down thank you so much for listening to the toast the millennium morning show where we deliver the fast five stories you need to know every monday through friday on youtube so if you're watching this on youtube please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up we're also available as a podcast anywhere podcast can be found so it's spotify itunes Stitcher, public radio i hear podcast box all the places where visit podcast find us a totally fast review but how beautiful stunning and wickedly talented we are hope you guys have an amazing weekend there is no show on monday as it is juneteenth so we are back on tuesday for a gorgeous episode we love you dearly and we'll see you then love ya bye